Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet, where the hungry are filled with good things. I'm Chad. And I'm Charlotte. And so today we're doing the third Advent Gospel reading, which is Matthew 11, verses 2 through 11. So when John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Well, that's just got Advent written all over it, Sean. Yeah, what are we going to do here? Why do you think this is an Advent reading? Just because it's John the Baptist? or? So I think what we see here is, I mean, obviously a kind of transition from John to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus is confirming John as the messenger and being confirmed as the one that um, John proclaimed, that John was the one that we were waiting for. So John is being affirmed in his work at the end of his work uh, and what he did and then as we are supposed to be watching and waiting for the second coming we have diff- you know, some expectations in place here I think as far as what we might look for I don't know what do you think yeah I mean at least by implication Jesus affirms he's the one right that last um, verse, truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom is greater than he. I think that kind of is a transition uh, verse kind of pointing to this transition up to this point. John's been, the, but from here on out, even the least in the kingdom is greater than he. So I'm reading that as a transition to. I just think for for folks in the pew, it might be confusing. Like, why are we reading a passage way on into it? <clears throat> but again, like you say, it's it's kind of it's preparing the way for the Lord and John's role in that. So yeah, it's a good Advent passage, despite my initial con- comment. It's, it's fine. I've always been kind of amazed by uh, the fact that John well I mean 
it's clear that John's hearing what Jesus is doing and feels like, well, this isn't what what we're expecting. You know what I mean? I mean, he's expecting the uh, the axe to be at the root of trees and already chopping away. All right, right. Um, what Jesus is doing probably to John does not appear to be the wrath of God he was expecting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting because it's, yeah, thinking about that last what we talked about last week with John in this eschatological space you know expecting this confrontation between uh between worlds you know and uh, and with the lord the day of the lord all of this language and then we have a miracle worker (laughs) but and then jesus's answer when he doesn't come right out and say yeah i'm the one dude relax I wonder I wonder if that's just part of the danger here in this text. I mean, if he said John is in prison, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever Jesus says is going to get related relayed to John in prison. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing for somebody to come back to John and report like what they've seen or this mm-hmm. message. But if somebody came back and was like, yeah, he's the Messiah. Now Jesus is already in prison and dead yeah, too. I think that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think this is euphemistic in a strategic way. Am I right in thinking Jesus's answer is quoting from Isaiah somewhere, but maybe not? Yeah, know. it's Isaiah 61, but he leaves something out. <laughs> Yeah, what's the party leaves out? Release to the captives. Uh, And um, I don't think that John could have missed that or anybody could have missed that. Like, John, you're not getting out, buddy. I know. And I just wonder, I just wonder what, how that must have hit on the air. That's really kind of extraordinary. And then I, you know, thinking about that during this week and this last readings of this text, I think that almost makes more sense of the following material, almost ends up with the tenor of a kind of eulogy to me. Oh. I mean, this wow. turn from, yeah, tell John everything you've seen. Mm-hmm. And so they go away, and then he's, talking to the crowds about John. Yeah. Um who he was, what he did and you know, let me he's more than a prophet. This is, you know, this is this isn't just any prophet. This is the one. And um ugh. and then I looked <laughs> I needed to refresh my memory because I was like, well, this just starts like you know when you know when John was in jail and mm-hmm. then John asks, and it's very in media res, right? So there's, and because the preceding chapter has nothing about John or mm-hmm. Herod or the jail. So I skipped forward to just like put my eyes on that. And so it's, it's Matthew 14 that tells the story of, you know, now Herod's on the scene and it kind of does like a flashback about, um, 
you know, Herod saying is confusing Jesus for John. Like, this is John again. Yeah. He's come back. I knew it. Uh, and so then it tells the whole story of, you know, why John was in prison, how he ends up being executed. And this is the moment where Jesus hears that news that John mm-hmm. has actually been executed. And you know what the next story is? Jesus hears this news. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. Mm-hmm. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. He went ashore and he saw the crowd and they're in a deserted place and they need something to eat. So the next thing, Jesus is once again trying to get alone. But in this mm-hmm. case, it's because he's heard the news of John's death. He says, I need to be by myself. The crowds follow him and they end up. It's almost like a wake, Chad, to me, that this feeding of the multitude, then in that larger kind of context, isn't just a necessity. It's not just a miracle. It's the repass. Oh, wow. For John. But we're a little, we're, I've taken us off track. That last line where he says, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense to me, who isn't scandalized by what I'm doing. I take that as a, as him saying to John, don't be scandalized by the fact that I'm not meeting your expectations. Uh, oh. <clears throat> the word there is, well, I can't remember the Greek, but it's the word we get scandal from. Yeah, that's interesting that that, to read that directed to John, which it is, it is go and tell John these things. I had just, I had flagged it as like, wow, this is an incredibly low bar for blessedness here. <laughs> you're not scandalizing, you're not offense. <laughs> not taking offense. <laughs> I'm fine with the healing people. Yeah, I read that as him saying to John, don't be scandalized that I'm not meeting the expectations exactly how you have to. Which I take to be that most people's expectations were different than what he's doing. Although, I don't know. But yeah. Well, I like the whole 7 through 11 being a kind of eulogy. Good words about John. Yeah, and and like a send-off. I mean, if it's reading that way, I mean, it really is. Y'all heard how I didn't say release the captives. Mm. We are not mm. going on a rescue mission. There's not going to be an intervention here. It's complete. John's work mm. is complete. It's done. Yeah. God bless him. What do you think he's saying there in verses? Well, at least those first couple of verses about John. Not a reed shaken by the wind. Someone dressed in soft robes. You know, we might have talked about this last time how you know well i know we did how john because he's not tied up in the societal structure of his you know he doesn't have a job he's not beholden to anyone he's free i'm kind of hearing jesus say he's not a reed shaken by the wind that is he's not moved by the 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 changes of the time yeah he's a real one yeah right or the i think maybe the kids would say he's based I mean, he's doing, he's true to himself and he is, I mean, doesn't, there's no outside force or influence on him. Yeah. And he's doing what he's going to do independent of what anyone thinks or what kind of trouble it gets him into, obviously. 
I mean, basically uh, the last Old Testament prophet, this Old Testament, but the last of the Hebrew prophets, I guess. What's also, I think, yeah. I'm, why did I step on that point? <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> it's so important. But also just before this, mm-hmm. right, is Jesus's instructions about how to spread the good news and him saying, basically, do what John has done. Yeah, I mean, this is where we, you know, whoever welcomes you welcomes me, whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, you know, but where you're not received, whatever, you just wandering away. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we always, we read all this of course, interpret Jesus by the cross and the resurrection and what he said. But I I think this is interesting too, read in light of John's actual activity in life in the world as a model already. The whole take no gold, no silver, or copper in your belt. That, yeah, that too, that those things of. are going to fetter you and, and your tongue and will... Um, unduly influence what you what you say yeah that kind of revisits the question we were talking about last time too why did they go out to see john you're not going to see someone who's shaken by the wind moved about by the the impulses of the time you're not going out to see someone in soft robes what then did you go to see a prophet? I mean, is that the answer? Is that why they were going out? <clears throat> he says, yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. Yeah. So I wonder if they made the connection. That, this is pure speculation. But if they made the connection themselves, that oh, this is the one who uh, Isaiah was talking about, or in Malachi. You know, this is the Elijah before the day of the Lord. I wonder if the people were making that connection. Or if they were just like, hey, this is a prophet. I mean, I've always been, I kind of had the sense that the messianic expectations at this time were pretty high. You know, we want to be freed from our Roman oppressors and so on. I guess it was always kind of that way in those centuries. I mean, one thing that comes to mind, just the whole, God certainly doesn't always operate by our expectations. And yet, it's still at work, even though things are not, don't appear to be going well. I mean, obviously, John the Baptist must have been thinking, what is going on? I mean, I'm in prison. The Messiah is here. Why is this happening? It's interesting to me, perhaps, that John's question to Jesus is, are you the one mm-hmm. who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? It's not... I mean, obviously, their paths have crossed before. You know, there's some kind of relationship there or something. There's, you know, the disciples of John, the disciples of Jesus intermingle or tear it up a couple times. So there's some there's some kind of rapport there, I guess is what I'm getting at. And John doesn't say. Send your crew. (laughs) Right. Or help. Or now would be a good time to overthrow the government. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's 
it's kind of like this is also the word that is going to let maybe John resign himself to what's happened to have some kind of peace that okay I did what I was supposed to do you know yeah I was um preparing the way and it was for this one and he's come mm-hmm. um so this a sense of maybe completion or rest there for John as we don't hear anything from John after this we just have the reports of the incidents around his execution. Mm-hmm. And then I, but I just, the heartbreak of leaving out that one uh, phrase of Isaiah 61. Yeah. And John would have picked up on that, no doubt. I, th- I think everybody who heard Jesus say that would have. Would have picked up on it. Oh God, I don't know. I mean, is this an opportunity to, have a conversation around like theodicy yeah perhaps or the answers to or you know how how prayer works our expectations around god something mm-hmm. that i don't want to you don't want to end up just in a place of like yeah well good things didn't happen to you because it wasn't part of god's plan right mm-hmm. that's not particularly helpful but, but things i don't know i don't know what you preach or teach around that hmm? well things are going to happen doesn't mean god's not at work Clearly, I mean, the Messiah is doing the Messiah thing, and yet John is going to die unjustly. That's a harsh reality. I don't know if that's the Advent message you want to get across. If I were using this passage, I would touch on the whole kind of, I would make sure to touch on, you know, he's having uh, doubts. Uh, That's how I read it. He's clearly having some doubt. I mean, back in chapter 3, He seemed pretty confident. Jesus is the one who's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Um, But at this point, he's having some doubts. And and Jesus doesn't condemn that. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, that's a hard passage. It's a hard situation for John. Yeah, and that verse 6 again, as you say, and and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me, just kind of is like an apology too like i mean if we're reading that to john just like and yeah don't don't curse me for this yeah the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he that's a pretty powerful statement because john was you know an extraordinary figure i think he's kind of playing with that first and last least or greatest mm-hmm. motif again i don't know maybe that's also to kind of dissuade somebody trying to rise up and take john's place too oh yeah maybe he's like saying this is the pinnacle <laughs> i don't i mean because wouldn't you kind of wonder if you were in jesus's crew or john's crew like okay who's who's, who's next nice. yeah for this public proclamation role you know but Jesus is no. The way has been prepared. We're we're here now. There's something mm-hmm. is the energy has shifted. Yeah, well, it's an end of an era, and he rose to the top. Boom. Yeah, I think this passage is also maybe useful in for Advent to 
give a foil or an opportunity to talk about this incredibly dangerous socio-political context that God has thrust God's self into. Yeah. You know, and counters are kind of uh Carol nativity theology of, you know, a sweet little baby and everything's fine and silent night and whatnot with no, there's it's just too easy to snatch people up as political prisoners mm-hmm. to execute them on a whim. Right. And that this danger is ever looming and that it's looming even, you know, on on Jesus through connections to John at this point before he's set on Jerusalem, any of these things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The one who no one born of women has risen greater is put to death on a, on a whim, like you say. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It's horrible. And this that being i mean that's not in this passage to deal with but it is but I mean, what an incredible unveiling of how weak Herod is right i mean just like i i made a bargain like you danced well you can have anything you want oh no my precious but now i have to do it because i said so like that's not yeah. power right He's afraid of what people will think if he's yeah. like, no, no, we're not doing that. Right. So he is, in fact, a reed shaken by the wind, right? You mean John? No, Herod. Herod, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, yeah. He's swayed by the opinions of others. Yeah. Herod ends up arresting John just because he's, I don't like this news, this gossip out there about me. Mm-hmm. It's completely. It's completely true. John's mm-hmm. just repeating exactly what everybody knows, but that's upsetting. So we have to put an end to that. And then, yeah, what will my family and the other people at this dinner, et cetera, think? Mm, you know, I'm trapped by everything around me. You got soft under them soft robes. Got soft under them soft robes. How are you going to wrap that up? There's just not a lot to work with. <laughs> In summary, find a different passage. (laughs) I think there's something there as far as obviously the transition between these two figures. Mm -hmm. I think there's something there if you want to talk about this really dangerous situation the incarnation has stepped into. Mm -hmm. Already dangerous, God is a baby, etc. But um that there's just kind of violence around every corner. Nobody's going to want to hear that. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no want to hear that, you know, this, again, this baby that is being born at Christmas is already on the way to the cross. Right. The way that Jesus and John are just resigned to this captivity by Herod and but there isn't there isn't any fighting it. There's no discussion about fighting it. Mm-hmm. There's no question, even from John, about it that like this violence from this even provincial rulers is just tolerated, and almost like the good news to the captains will cannot be preached until after the resurrection. Yeah, because then the good news is. 
they can't kill you forever. Forever, yeah. But it's not an actual, or may not be an actual release here. Yeah. That's a hard word in this world of political prisoners and otherwise, and thinking right now, you know, what's going on in the Iran. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why we're still waiting. I mean, part of the Advent thing is we're not just waiting, but we're longing. Right. Because if you're completely comfortable and happy in this world as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not paying attention. You know, yeah. we should experience some longing, some homesickness for a better everything. And I mean, that's part of the Advent message, too. You know, if we put it all in, oh, baby Jesus is born, yay. I mean, Advent for us is not just, we're not waiting for the first coming, we're waiting for the second coming. We're waiting for swords to be beaten into plowshares. It's hard to bring a, a, a positive word to end on with this passage, but maybe that's right about that's what advent's about in some ways that, I don't, that yeah i mean this mingling of hope and despair that is a mirror to human reality and these these disciples who have to go and bring this news to john it's not jesus oh gosh i wouldn't have wanted to go no and let's face it i mean yes he healed some blind people he raised right. some people there are still blind people Yeah, there are people who are dead. There are poor who are still hungry. Keep working. Yeah, no, keep looking. There's something. There's still, there's something. There's something there. I think it, I mean, I think it could be useful for all to talk about. You're saying those questions of why doesn't God just fix everything? Mm -hmm. And Jesus doesn't offer an explanation here either yeah Um, so it's not a theodicy (laughs) well i mean it is and it isn't i mean it from from the perspective of one reading it and i think from john maybe john's perspective why is this happening and why if you are hello you know here's an opportunity and those questions you know the bring up too of there's there's still very sick people there's still very poor people it doesn't look like any any of the things have been fixed um so when is when and how is that going to occur that some are watching and waiting is to hold on to and look for some hope of something yet to come still yeah that is actually a good advent message 